know, it's important to me that I take the time every once in a while to say that everything I talk about on this podcast, I talk about because it's been beneficial to me. Like there's literally not a single thing that I talk about on here that I haven't tried to walk out on my own or that hasn't helped me. And I try to make sure that everything I say comes through the lens of caring about people, of loving people, of wanting to wanting to see them do the things they want to do, wanting better for them if they want it for themselves. And you know, for just about every single person I've ever met who says something like, well, I just tell the truth or um, I'm brutally honest, what they're really doing is kind of like... Uh, like laying a preemptive excuse for being an asshole. And I don't want to be that person. I really do every single topic, especially since we've moved into this more cohesive, simple ways to have a good life. Every single topic in the book that I'm working on and on this and on this podcast come from things that I've done myself and had to go through myself and had to walk out myself. And that's important to me that people know that. Uh, nothing I say is ever intended to be critical or mean-spirited, or even like mocking or making fun of. Like, that's not what I'm seeking to do. Um, it's, and it's something I've done a lot in the past. I used to be somebody who loved a good fight, who loved a good argument, who um, loved to like prod people and piss them off. And there's really nothing in me anymore that likes that or enjoys that. I actually, I go well out of my way to avoid that. And I say that today because today's topic is one that could be construed as, um, I don't know, as me picking at people or poking, especially at a certain generation. You know, we'll talk about that in a second. But so just remember, I do this because I love you. I do this because I care about you. Whether I know you or not, I can say I love you and I care about you and I want you to have the best life possible, period. There, there's, I, I, there, there's not a person in existence that I don't want that for. I think that's good for all of us. So... We'll use that to transition into a term that I don't like, but that you hear a lot these days, and that is snowflake. You know, I hear a lot of people using this term to dismiss other people's concerns, other people's emotional experience, other people's um, the things they believe in. Like, it's a really easy way to do that. Like, we're all snowflakes in one way or another. We all have that thing that that hits us wrong and can really, like, generate strong emotion. I mean, the, the, the same people who I've heard use the word snowflake the most eh, kind of lost their shit over people taking a knee during the national anthem and, you know, stuff like that. So we've all got that thing. We're all snowflakes in one way or another, which really means none of us are snowflakes. We're just human beings trying to live our life and have things that matter to us and know what we stand for. And that's cool. That's what makes this world go around. That's what makes everything just so amazing. All the cool shit that humans do. So I bring up the whole snowflake thing because what we're talking about today, um, taking responsibility for your mood, is I just want to be clear. I want to make. I want it to be very, uh, very clear. I'm not talking about snowflakes. I'm not talking about this this boogeyman of a younger generation who can't handle hearing anything. You know, this is not it. I talk about this because if you are not willing to take responsibility for your mood, for for your own internal experience, you are setting yourself up for a, just so, so much suffering. And I think that especially in the age of social media and, um, you know, 24-hour news cycles and, and a 
um, an economic system that is designed to make you feel like shit about yourself so that you will buy more stuff. Like you are really open to manipulation if you don't know how to take responsibility for your internal experience. So, you know, this was a tough one for me to learn. I lived a majority of my life thinking that the way I felt about things was a reflection of the things themselves instead of a reflection of me. I lived my life thinking that my experience of things was absolute and true and that therefore I didn't need to examine it. I didn't need to challenge it. I didn't need to engage it critically at all. It was just the way it was. And this set me up for so much trouble. I spent my I spent a good part of my early life running from my thoughts, running from my emotions, trying to improve my mood in unhealthy ways. And this, of course, like all unskillful choices, had consequences, and they were not pleasant consequences. Uh, I think I'm pretty much free of them now. I think I've worked through all those consequences. But I still see every once in a while where, you know, something happens and it can shift my mood. And if I don't take an active role in that mood and in those emotions, it can ruin a day. It can ruin a couple days. You know, for me especially, I think that like going back to that, that, that desire to fight, that desire to argue, when I run into something that makes me mad or that my mind and my ego tells me should be a different way, my mind starts spinning off into this like series of arguments and debates and, you know, and I can have this whole thing laid out. Uh, a pretty good series of arguments and attacks and just general shit talk. I'm really good at that. And I can create a problem with somebody who I don't even know or who, who I haven't seen in forever or who where there is no problem. I'm pretty good at catching it these days, but I do notice when I am, uh, when I'm tired, when I'm not feeling well, when just multiple things have gone wrong in a day, I'm much more prone to getting into this mindset of argument and fight. You know what I'm saying? And so I think it's important for us to recognize the things that jump up and kind of like and cause different emotions. Like that's not on us. That's not, there's nothing we can do about that. We live in a world where we have so little control about the things that come to us that we, we can't be blaming ourselves for getting angry. We can't be blaming ourselves for getting sad. We can't be blaming ourselves for feeling anxious. Like, those are just kind of normal parts of the world. If I'm driving and somebody cuts me off, like, anger is going to arise. In fact, it's going to be fear, if I'm more honest. Fear of a near accident, fear of my kids being in the car and being hurt, you know, something like that. That's going to jump up. Now, as a male, I've been trained my whole life that vulnerable emotions like fear and sadness and those, those are not acceptable. So I translate them almost immediately into anger. And so this person cuts me off. There's a flash of fear and a bigger flash of anger. That's not, that's not on me. There's nothing I can do about that. That's this, that's this thing that arises that is beyond my control. It's no different than, um, you know, I look, I look outside and I see the tree in my front yard. That's my eye reflecting what's out there, you know? So I don't need to blame myself for that. I don't need to call myself an angry person or a fearful person or um, any of those things. But my relationship to those things jumping up, how I respond to them, that's 100% in my control. That is something that I am responsible for. So if somebody cuts me off and I feel anger jump up, 
and I decide to, I don't know, do a pit maneuver and run them off the road and crash their car. You know, I've made a bad choice in that moment. I've made a very unskillful choice in response to what they did. If I pull up next to them and give them the finger, um, if I don't do anything at all but 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 cultivate this story in my head about them, about this, this idiot who didn't know how to drive and everybody is just a jerk and people don't have any respect for anybody else these days and some people shouldn't even get behind the wheel of a car. I'm doing that. Like I'm taking that initial emotion that jumped up and I'm feeding it. I'm feeding it. And you know what? Uh, you know, I could it, three, four days later, this is how my mind works. This is how I spend a lot of my life. Three or four days later, I could still be mad at this person. And the thing is, is that because I'm stomping around mad, I create more situations that feed anger because I'm acting like a jerk to people or I'm being short with people. It's ridiculous, but we all do it. So when I say take responsibility for your mood, what I mean is that, you know, watch these things that jump up, watch these emotional things that jump up, watch the physiology attached to them. And then you'll start to notice that you have a choice in how you respond to these things that you don't have control over. That's where our power lies. I think it was Viktor Frankl who said, uh, between stimulus and response, uh, there's a space. And in that space is where our power lies. That's, that's a huge problem with the world, is that we don't teach people that. So people think the stimulus and the response, they just think it's one and the same. That's how I lived. Somebody did something that made me mad. Well, of course it did. Because they were being jerks. And so, of course, I had a negative response to it. Are you stupid? Learning to expand that space between stimulus and response is everything. I'm sure I've talked about this on here. If not, I know I've talked about it on Instagram or somewhere. Like that, That's one of the really nice things about kind of stepping away and scaling down what I do. I'm going to start knowing where I said something. <laughs> it's not going to be spread out between here, Instagram, Facebook, a blog, you know, a guest post, whatever. It's, it's all going to be here. But expanding that space between stimulus and response is everything. For me, the things that have done it are, of course, uh, meditation. That was number one for me. That's where I really started to see that space. That's where I really started to watch these emotions jump up. It helped me realize that these emotions don't really mean all that much. They're not necessarily tied to something in reality. Because I'll be sitting there in meditation and I'll watch fear jump up, I'll watch joy jump up, I'll watch anxiety jump up, I'll watch anger, I'll watch resentment, and they just jump up. It's almost like they're like jumping up trying to find traction. It's, it, they're just they're jumping out saying, okay, what will the mind latch on to? And unfortunately, our minds are more prone to latch on to very unhelpful things. Our minds are much more prone to latch on to the things that make us feel, I guess, you know, we kind of feel empowered when we're, when we're wronged. And so we like to latch on to that. We like to latch on to a fence. Like, how dare they, you know? The ego loves that shit. If I can be sitting there in meditation and these things can be jumping up, then, then they're obviously not necessarily tied to the outside world. Because they, they, I'm, I'm sitting in a dark room at, at five in the morning by myself. Nothing's happened yet. I go straight from bed to sitting. There's not any space for somebody to do me wrong. So that's got, those things have got to just be just kind of popping up out of nowhere. That shows that they don't have as much grounding in reality as we think they do, as we like to tell ourselves they do, so that we can justify how we feel and then how we treat people and how we behave. When you learn to watch these and you learn to choose your response, everything gets easier. That person who cut me off in this imaginary scenario, 
like, maybe they're just somebody that made a mistake. Maybe they're just somebody that forgot to check their mirror. Maybe they're driving their wife's car. I almost did. I was driving. I have one car that I was driving that had like a little orange dot when somebody's in my, uh, you know, somebody's in my space if I'm going to move to the right or left. And then I'm driving my truck and I forget that my truck doesn't have that orange dot. And I've come close to cutting some people off because I, I look over, there's no orange dot. Oh, cool. But you know what? Do I cuss myself? Do I think that I'm the reason people shouldn't be able to drive and why society's collapsing? No. I have a whole lot of grace for myself. Like, oh my goodness. No, I forgot about the orange dot. Maybe they did too. Maybe they had to put their pet to sleep that morning and they're in a daze of grief and just sadness. Maybe they didn't sleep well last night because they had a sick baby. Maybe their spouse left them that morning. There's so many things. Or once again, the most simple answer, maybe they're just a human who made a mistake. Why do I get myself all twisted up? over that. And it's because I don't, I don't observe that stimulus and response. And I let my mind pull me off into a mood. So that's where you're responsible for your mood. If you'll take that responsibility and own it, there's a whole lot of freedom in that. We're going to talk about the freedom of responsibility at some point. But that's that freedom to say like, oh, this one thing doesn't get to change how I feel about everything. And then watch how your mind feeds it. Watch how your mind tries to do that. The other really cool thing is that we can train our mind to feed the good things. I've trained my mind over the years to notice how many things are going right as opposed to how many things are going wrong. That's life-changing. And I'm not some idiot walking around acting like, oh, the world's just great and everything is sunshine. Like, I'm not that guy. My whole job, people don't come to me in my job. People don't, don't, don't show up at my door unless something has gone wrong in their lives. And oftentimes it's a tragically wrong thing. It's a really just brutally sad thing. That's, that's what I do. But I still maintain that way, way, way more goes right than wrong. We're just evolutionarily wired to notice the wrong because those are the things that will harm us. We don't need to notice all the things that go right. But by consciously shifting my mind to feed the notion of how many things go right, it's made my life so much easier. It's made me easier to deal with and to tolerate. I can promise you that. So that's today's simple way to have a good life. Take responsibility for your mood. Too many of us take responsibility for those emotions that jump up that we don't have control over. And because we we're taking responsibility for that, we forfeit our responsibility for the mood, for the continuing impact they have on us. Notice the story your mind tells you in response to these emotions as they jump up. That story is your responsibility. That's where you have power. It's so strange that we live in a society that's trying to strip responsibility from people for the things they do and the way they live their lives because that responsibility is their power. The things that you don't have responsibility for, you have no power over. You're not responsible for asteroids and global warming, uh, the, the, the larger political system, the weather. You have no responsibility for those things, so you also have no power over those things. Accepting responsibility for your mood is huge. And it really can change your life. As always, I'm so grateful that you take the time to give me some of your attention, some of your energy. I want this to be useful for people. So if there's something that would be helpful to you for me to talk about, shoot me an email, james at James Scott Henson. A lot of the best episodes of this, the episodes I've gotten the best feedback on, come from 
suggestions from people who who listen to the listen to this show. So if something jumps up, shoot me shoot me an email. One last thing I want to say is that when we're talking about you know, contr- you know uh, responsibility for your mood, there's a, there's a different level out there where somebody's experiencing actual you know depression, where they have an anxiety disorder. If that's what you're experiencing, please reach out and get help. Talking to a counselor, talking to a doctor, that might be the first step you need to. You, you, the stimulus and response might be so close together because of those kinds of things going on with the depression and the anxiety. You might not have that. And what I see people who are experiencing that, who are suffering from that, what they really do is they become very self-critical. They think that they just can't change. They take all of that on themselves. Well, I just suck. And that's not the case. Nobody sucks. You don't suck. You have amazing potential and infinite worth. And I want to encourage you that if there's anything that's blocking that in you or anything that's keeping you from seeing that, address that. And you might need to talk to a therapist to do that. You might need to talk to a doctor to do that. But above all else, just don't don't be hard on yourself for that. Don't take responsibility for the arisings. Take responsibility for your response to them and see what that does. Thank you again for taking the time to listen. I look forward to talking to you next time. Take care.